Just gonna run this dog to see if we can find any type of uh, human remains that are left. Listen to Where Secrets Go to Die, The Disappearance of Derek Hennigan. From the Detroit Free Press, a new podcast set in the woods of Michigan's Upper Peninsula. Available on Apple, Spotify, Freep.com, or wherever you get your podcasts. Now, here we go. It's another big week in the NFL for the brand new Las Vegas Raiders. This is the Raiders Wire podcast, powered by USA Today Sports. Now your host, Ryan O'Leary, and Raiders Wire editor, Marcus Mosher. On third and two, Carr going to throw it, lofting it, wide open, he's got his man, that is Moreau, first down. The Broncos cannot stop the clock, what a call by offensive coordinator Greg Olson. Yeah, they've been setting this up all day. Welcome into the show, one step closer to the NFL playoffs, just two games left in the regular season, and the Raiders, Marcus... Not dead yet, are they? They're not dead. Not not dead at all. In fact, uh, they are right in this playoff hunt, right? If they win the next two games, Ryan, they are in. And that's pretty hard to believe considering where we were at just a couple weeks ago of losing five of the last six games. We are looking forward to the, uh, the head coaching search. No, 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 no. Raiders, they're right in this thing. Yeah, there's, there's plenty of teams around the league where we're kind of waiting for their coach to get fired so they can get the head start and start interviewing, mm-hmm. you know, the Zoom meetings, that, that new rule. But I don't think the Raiders are one of them. I th- and I actually think Rich Passaccia had a good week against Denver, and we'll get into that. But real quick, Marcus, what's it like? What's Christmas morning like with a one-year-old? Because that's something that my wife and I will be experiencing <laughs> next year. But So what's it like? What, what do we have yeah. to look forward to? Yeah, let me, let me give you some advice. Uh, you don't want to spend a lot of money on presents for a one-year-old because they, they don't remember any of this. They're not all that interested in the presents anyways. So whatever you and your wife get each other, she's just going to, you know, or they're just going to enjoy that, right? They're going to enjoy opening up the present. They don't care what's inside. So just, just wrap up a couple random things around the house. Uh, and that's it. That's all you need to do here. <laughs> that's what I thought. I thought the baby would probably be more into like the box. The exactly paper. the box the yeah. bows the wrapping paper all that kind of stuff everything but what's inside so yeah uh, yeah don't don't spend money here you can save that money for when they turn three four years old good to know because something's got to change because our two-month-old got a record amount of presents from everybody under the sun yeah all these presents and he has no idea what's going on he doesn't yeah. even know he's a baby yet so it's just like exactly. ridiculous there's so much stuff in the house marcus it's not good yeah listen uh, this is why you need to recommend to relatives like hey just Give us some money. We'll put it into a little bank account for the little one. And that's a better gift, right, than uh, a present that they won't even be interested in two minutes from now. Yeah, we tried. It, it didn't work. We're going to have to try harder next year. Uh, but, you know, it, it's a good thing. The Raiders, their season's not done. They're still playing here on the holidays. They're keeping us busy. And that's a good thing. And, uh, you know, let, let us be the first to wish you, the listener, a healthy and happy new year. Quick reminder that you can find us wherever you get your podcast. Just search for The Raiders Wire. And uh, do us a favor, don't forget to hit that subscribe button, leave us a review. We appreciate you. I'm excited to be on the 2022, Marcus, but the Raiders aren't, right? They're, they're not going on in the mm-hmm. next offseason. We're still alive. And basically, if the Raiders find a way to win in Indianapolis this weekend and then beat the Chargers in Vegas in Week 18, they'll be in the playoffs. Absolutely. Without a doubt, they don't have to worry about anybody else. They control their own destiny. And what's really interesting here, so let's say they do beat the Colts. There's a chance in week 18 that the Chargers won't be playing for anything because they'll already be out of the playoff 
punt after losing to the Texans last week. Uh, I believe, I'm trying to remember who they play this week, but the Chargers have a fairly tough game this week. Uh, they play the Broncos. So there's a chance you can play playing a Week 18 game against an opponent that has nothing to play for, nothing to game. So Raiders, they're right, right in this thing. They never go away, man. It's awesome. It's awesome. It's they're great. always in it. Uh, yeah, so they control their own destiny. They they controlled the entire game against the Broncos, right, Marcus? Mm-hmm. Except for the end of the second quarter, right? That. So let, <laughs> let's start here. That Bradley Chubb interception, was that a horrible throw by Carr, horrible decision, or just an amazing play by Chubb? Let's start there. All of the above, and it was an awful decision to even try to throw the ball at all. Yes. Why aren't you just kneeling on the ball there? You have the lead. You're getting the ball to start the third quarter. There's really nothing good that can happen in that situation other than you know the running back just ripping off like a 60-yard run. At that point, you were absolutely dominating Denver's offense. Just just go into the second half with Lee. I, I don't get it at all. Credit to the, the Raiders that come out with kind of that tone-setting drive to open the third quarter, run it right down Denver's throat with Josh Jacobs. Mm-hmm. I thought the Broncos, Marcus, were supposed to be the more physical team with the better run game, but Denver rushed it 16 times, seven carries for both of their stud running backs, Javante Williams, Melvin Gordon. They gained 18 yards, 16 carries, 18 yards for the running backs. <laughs> Uh, and yeah. the Raiders rushed it 40 times for 160 yards in this game. So I want to give some credit to Rich Basaccia because rushing it 40 times compared to just 25 pass attempts for Derek Carr, good game plan against this team, right? That Denver's got a hot defense. Just run mm-hmm. them over. I thought it was a really good game plan. A good day for Basaccia. Yeah, and the Raiders had basically no success at all in the first half running the ball. Uh, Josh Jacobs, nine carries for 25 yards in the first half. <laughs> And they basically made it a point in the second half, like, hey, we don't care that we're not running the ball particularly well. Drew Locke is not going to beat us in this game. He's just he's just not, right? Like, the Broncos got seven of their points because of a fumble or because of an interception that, you know, happened at the one-yard line. And then they scored six points the rest of the day, three of which came from a Derek Carr turnover. So I I, I, I loved it. I, I loved that they just basically said, hey, we're, we're taking the air out of the football here. Drew Locke, you're going to have to beat us. And, you know, listen, give credit to the offensive line, too. They absolutely dominated Denver in the second half. I mean, they just mauled them right over. Uh, a really good game by the offense. There are still Drew Locke stands out there. The Broncos fans, I don't Marcus, that. that still believe in that kid. Yeah, it just seemed like Denver didn't know what to do. They didn't know if they were a running team or a or a, you know let Drew Locke sling it. They had no idea what they were doing. Uh, uh, I don't get it. So Vegas had a co- you know, they had the better coaching. Oh, go figure that. Not bad, right? Yeah, that's I a mean, nice, that's a neat trick. Yeah, I mean, it's not hard to be a better coach when Big Fan Geo's on the other side and Pat Shermer's calling plays for yeah, Denver. So, yeah, 100%. yeah, it's not a high bar to clear. No, no. And, you know, I thought the Raiders, it was a good recipe, right? When when the offense is able to hold on to the football, not give it away, sustain drives, Marcus, gain some field position, like all of a sudden the Raiders' defense looks, I feel like they get yes. a, bad, a bad rap, right? The numbers actually aren't that bad. Like the Raiders... Are, you know, in terms of like total defense yards allowed, the Raiders aren't that bad, right? It's just like sometimes when the offense does its thing, the defense can kind of stand up and hold a team to 13 points. I think maybe that unit's better than people think in a game like this I, kind of shows it. I think so as well. Now, there's a couple games against the Chiefs that kind of skew things, right? Yeah. Two games where yeah, they yeah, gave yeah, up yeah, 40 definitely. points or whatever. But you look at the other games throughout the season, yeah, they've been pretty good. Like they've been doing a good job of keeping the score down. And as you mentioned, like this is a team that is built to play with elite, right? Like when when they're up by seven points and Max Crosby and Yannick Ngakwe can just tee off on the edges, they are a hard defense to beat because they've got two you know, really good corners and Nate Hobbs and Casey Hayward. 
they got a Pro Bowl linebacker, Denzel Perryman, and then the pass rush is really good. So defense, it's not a top 10 unit or anything like that, but is it capable of making big plays in big games? Absolutely. Now, Denver's no juggernaut. They didn't score a point in the second half. That's a pretty no. good feather in the cap of the Raiders, right? That's that's yes. good stuff. Is there anything that you saw besides Drew Locke being the quarterback of the Broncos, Pat Shermer calling the plays that that unit did to kind of shut the door in that second half, Marcus? Yeah, I mean, Quinton Jefferson, the defensive tackle, who has been a little bit up and down this year, seven pressures in this game. I mean, he just absolutely dominated in the interior. And when you have Crosby and Ngakwe, getting production from the middle of your defense is huge. And Drew Locke wasn't comfortable all day. Uh, they really only ever moved the ball when they got penalties. Denver had just eight first downs this entire game. So, I mean, just kudos to that entire defense. They, they really shut down Denver. All right, we'll keep picking away at this win for the Raiders and look ahead to what's coming up next for the team with our questions of the week right after this. This is the Typico Sportsbook Fantasy Minute. Let's make this interesting. Interesting. I'm Corey Benini of TheHuddle.com here to bring you strong plays for the Fantasy Football Championship Week, number 17. Quarterback Russell Wilson, Seattle Seahawks versus Detroit Lions. Wide receivers DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett are back in business. And tight end Gerald Everett has been on the upswing in recent weeks. Running back Rashad Penny has managed to resurrect his early career hype in a span of three games. And through all of that, Wilson still hasn't been a fantasy factor since returning from surgery. That should change versus a Detroit defense that has given up six performances of at least 21 fantasy points to quarterbacks this year. While the lines may be improved against the pass, there's just too much to contain, and Rush should get back to cooking at home. He's good for 250 and 2 at minimum. Running back Devin Singletary, Buffalo Bills versus Atlanta Falcons. In the last three weeks, Singletary is RB5 overall in PPR scoring. I bet you didn't have that on your fantasy football bingo card for December. Atlanta has struggled to contain the position in 2021, and Singletary's upswing has come at a perfect time to trust him as an RB2 in reception-rewarding formats. Running backs have averaged 21 PPR points per game against this defense in the last five weeks, and the season-long look at that number is 25.6, or 11% higher than the league average. Amon Ross, St. Brown, Detroit Lions at Seattle Seahawks. In a year full of big-name rookie receivers, St. Brown's 74 receptions trails only Jalen Waddle's 96. Last Sunday, nine catches, 91 yards, and a touchdown came with Tim Boyle under center, showing he can deliver regardless of the quarterback. Jared Goff is due back this week after being activated from the COVID protocols. Seattle has permitted 15 receivers to catch at least five passes in 2021. In the last five weeks, only Cooper Cup has more catches, and just Cup and Justin Jefferson have more targets than this rookie. Even if Seattle manages to keep him out of the end zone, St. Brown has had enough volume go his way to suggest that he can overcome it. Tight end Foster Moreau, Las Vegas Raiders at Indianapolis Colts. Moreau once again will be the primary tight end if Darren Waller cannot play through a knee injury. Indy has given up top three numbers for yardage and receptions in the last five weeks, and Moreau has been trending in the right direction with 10 plus PPR points in consecutive games after being mostly quiet during Waller's absence. While trusting Moreau is risky, the Colts offer an amazing opportunity in PPR scoring. Best of luck in your championship quest. For more award-winning fantasy football news, tips, and advice, please be sure to check out thehuddle.com. That was your typical sportsbook fantasy minute. Win your fantasy football league with thehuddle.com and use them to dominate player prop bets at Typico Sportsbook. For a limited time, new Typico Sportsbook users in Colorado and New Jersey from this podcast will enjoy a special welcome bonus. Get your bonus today at usatodaybet.com slash podcast. That's usatodaybet.com slash podcast. See typico.com for terms and conditions. 21 plus only gambling problem. Call 1-800-GAMBLER in New Jersey. 1-800-522-4700 in Colorado. Just going to run this dog to see if we can find any type of uh, human remains that are left. 
Listen to Where Secrets Go to Die, The Disappearance of Derek Hennigan. From the Detroit Free Press, a new podcast set in the woods of Michigan's Upper Peninsula. Available on Apple, Spotify, Freep.com, or wherever you get your podcasts. All right, it's that part of the show, our questions of the week. I'm going to try to trip Marcus up this week. All right, I got three questions for Marcus. He's not prepped on these. Here's question number one, Marcus. Uh, okay, this is a softball. What should be the new, the new Year's resolution for the Las Vegas Raiders, Marcus? Just be a competent franchise, right? <laughs> like for for 20 years, they've been kind of the laughing stock of the NFL. They're viewed as dysfunctional. Find a head coach that can just turn you into a competitive team every year. I'm not saying that you need to go out and win Super Bowls or – win the AFC West every year, but just just don't have all this drama. And I actually think, Ryan, I think they can do that. I think there's some good head coaching candidates, good candidates out there that can kind of uh, stabilize the franchise. And I'm excited to see what they do this offseason. Yeah, there's plenty. And, you know, what I put on there was uh, nail next year's draft class, right? Kind of a tone <laughs> for that disaster in 2020. Just have a draft that we can look back on and be like, all right, that was pretty good. We have, we have some yeah. young talent. Well, and to, and to their credit, I actually kind of think they nailed the 2021 class. Yeah. Like, obviously, Alex Leatherwood is still a, a big what if. I and mean, we don't know what he's going to be. But, like, Trevon Merrick, their second-round safety has been outstanding. Yep. Nate Hobbs has been one of the best you know, slot corners in the league. And they're getting some production from some other guys. So, if they could even just have a draft like they did in 2021, I think that would be a huge home run for them. Here's question number two for you, Marcus. The Raiders are 8-7. and seven. And um, they have lost to the Washington football team, which w- was just embarrassed yeah. by the Cowboys on Sunday night. They also lost to the Giants, uh, mm-hmm. which is just an abject failure from the top on down. And the Chicago Bears, another complete dumpster fire. Uh, mm-hmm. And even when they win a game, the head coach is under fire. Matt Nagy, you know, they just, you know, they're out on the head coach, the Bears fans, right? So the Raiders have lost to those three teams. So if the Raiders do end up missing the postseason, which of those three losses should stick with Raiders fans the most? Which is the one that got away for you th- out of those three? Oh, it's the Washington one for me. You were at home. Uh, Washington's offense was not playing well. And we just mentioned him, Trevon Merrick. He had the game in his hands at the end. Taylor Heineke threw him a ball. Uh, I hit both of his hands and he dropped it. They would go on to kick a field goal a couple plays later and that was it. That's a game you absolutely have to win at home. The Giants one doesn't bother me as much because that's the early kickoff. It was in New York. It was the week after Henry Ruggs was released. I, I get that one. The Washington one is the one that's going to really, really bother fans. Okay, that's probably the right answer. I wanted to pile on the Giants because you know I'm I'm a Patriots fan, so you know mm-hmm. uh, the the Giants and the Patriots. They, there's just it's not good. You lose a couple Super Bowls to the Giants, you're not going to like the Giants. Yeah, but I remember yep. that game. I mean, Vegas turned it over three times. They outgained the Giants by a million yards. And you look at the Take Giants, a bunch of short field goals. Yeah, remember? Yep. yep, yep. And that and that that franchise right now. I mean. Did they start Jalen Smith on defense and they and they turned the ball over to Jake Fromm as the quarterback? I mean, it's just yeah, yeah, it's just yeah. a disaster for the Giants. But you're right, Washington's a good pick. Uh, all right, question number three. This is going off a uh, an article that was posted on the Raiders Wire that I found interesting. Marcus, which Raiders player has disappointed you the most this season? Give me your number one player. <sighs> that's a, that's a really good question. I mean, obviously, I think the easy answer is to pick one of the first round picks from 2020, right? Henry Ruggs or Damon Arnett, but yep. on terms of actual performance, it's probably Alex Leatherwood because you drafted him with the hopes that he was going to be your franchise right tackle, that you'd have the bookends between Colton Miller and Leatherwood, and he flamed out so bad at right tackle they had to move him to right guard, and he's been better there, but still not as good as you were hoping for. 
you really don't ever want to see your first round pick have to move positions as a rookie because he was so bad at his natural position. I still think there's time and I'm not maybe as down as on him as most people, but it's still disappointed that they didn't get the production they were hoping for there. There's time for him to turn it around, no doubt, but it's it, he has not been good. <laughs> Let's put it that no, way. No. Uh, and, and Marcus actually has five Raiders that he's down on from the season that you can find on the Raiders wire. So check that article out if you're into that kind of thing. Coming up next, we're going to break down this game against the uh, the Indianapolis Colts on the road. The, the Raiders got to win it. Doesn't look good on paper, right? The Colts are on fire. But Marcus, he actually doesn't mind this matchup for the Raiders. He's going to tell mm-hmm. us why right after this. This is the typical sports book minute. Let's make this interesting. What's up? This is Jeff Clark from the Bet Slippin' Podcast presented by SportsbookWire.usatoday.com. I'm here with my handicapping homie, Nathan Beagle, to break down this week's Monday Night Football game between the Cleveland Browns and the Pittsburgh Steelers. Our friends at Typico Sportsbook have the Browns favored three and a half points and the total sitting at 40 and a half. My pick is the Steelers plus three and a half points. It's a pros versus Joes game with more money coming in on the Steelers, but more bets being placed on the Browns. Also, since 2011, the Steelers are 7-1-1 and against the spread when getting three points or more at home. Nate, how do you see this game playing out? I'll take the Steelers plus 3.5 as well. Baker Mayfield has thrown eight picks in his last five games and has just one game with over a 60% completion rate. I'll ride with the better quarterback in his last home game. That was your typical Sportsbook Minute. For a limited time, new users in Colorado and New Jersey from this podcast will enjoy a special welcome bonus. Get your bonus today at usatodaybet.com slash podcast. That's usatodaybet.com slash podcast. See typico.com for terms and conditions. 21 plus only gambling problem. Call 1-800-GAMBLER in New Jersey. 1-800-522-4700 in Colorado. Just going to run this dog to see if we can find any type of uh, human remains that are left. Listen to Where Secrets Go to Die, The Disappearance of Derek Hennigan. From the Detroit Free Press, a new podcast set in the woods of Michigan's Upper Peninsula. Available on Apple, Spotify, Freep.com, or wherever you get your podcasts. All right, Marcus, the early line on Tipico has the Raiders as seven and a half point underdogs heading to Indy. And, uh, you know, the Raiders, they were good against the Broncos last week against a team that wants to run the football. Their defense was able to shut it down. But can they do it again against Jonathan Taylor and Indy's dominant offensive line? Right. I mean, first, has Jonathan Taylor entered your exclusive running backs that do matter club? I I think Derrick Henry, is he the only member? Uh, he's getting close. I would say he's one of the few that you could make an argument for because it's really the long speed, right? Like there's just not many guys that have his kind of speed that once he's in the open field, they're really tough to beat. What makes that Colts run game so dominant? Do you think, is it the O line? They're just nasty up front. Yeah, I think it's the offensive line. And we saw it against Cardinals, right? When they were somewhat healthy, they were moving guys off the ball and it allows Jonathan Taylor to get in, you know, to the second, third level. He's really hard to stop in the open field, but one of the reasons that I kind of like this matchup for the Raiders is I have no idea what the Colts offensive line is going to look like in this game. Eric Fisher left uh, last week's game with multiple injuries. Doesn't sound like he's going to be ready to go. Quentin Nelson is on the COVID list. Their center Ryan Kelly is still out. Uh, Braden Smith, their right tackle. He was the only one that played last week of their starters. He was put on the COVID list uh, earlier this week. So 
there's a pretty realistic chance that the Colts are going to be without all five starting offensive linemen. And we just got done talking about how good the Raiders defensive line has been this season. I'm just not all that afraid for the Raiders with entirely new offensive line in there for the Colts. The spread is, like I said earlier, seven and a half. And, you know, I I get that, right? It's it's a bad Mm -hmm. matchup on paper because uh, the Colts are second in the league in takeaways and the Raiders are 11th in giveaways, right? The Raiders tend Mm -hmm. to turn it over. The Colts take it away. And it does feel like the Raiders got to play really, really well to hang within a score in this one. And the Colts are eight and two, you know, in their last 10, they're kind of hot. Their only losses over their last 10 were to Tampa Bay and Tennessee. They just Mm -hmm. knocked off the Patriots and the Cardinals, right? Back-to-back weeks. But maybe they're due for a clunker, right? I mean, we see this all the time, right? These teams just... These, these crazy losses, these crazy results that you just would never predict. Teams have clunkers. Yeah. Maybe the Colts are due for one. And I would say that, you know, without Darius Leonard playing this week for the Colts, their leader on defense. That's huge. That's huge. One of the things the Colts kind of struggle with, and we even saw it against the Cardinals, is stopping the run. Like Chase Edmonds, who's been out for the last two months, came in there and ran the ball well and was super productive. So could Josh Jacobs, who's coming off the best game of his career, could he just kind of run the ball, control the clock against the Colts, basically do – an impression of Jonathan Taylor? I, I think so. On top of that, Ryan, you know how much I love special teams. The Raiders have a really good special teams unit. Like Daniel Carlson is fantastic. He's one of the best kickers in the league. A.J. Cole is a Pro Bowl punter. That's one area the Colts have not been good this year. They cannot find a kicker to save their life. So if it comes down to field goals at the end, I, I just really like the, the Raiders to stay within a score in this game. Okay, so that means Marcus, who did correctly predict the exact score of last week's game. You said it was a race to 17. It was Raiders 17, Broncos 13. So, Marcus, you basically nailed the score, told everyone to bet the under. So, you just mm-hmm. kudos to you. Excellent job. Thank you. Thank you. You like uh, the Raiders getting seven and a half. Yeah, I, I envision a fairly low scoring game here as well. Something like 20 to 17. I still think the Colts will win, but seven and a half just feels like a lot. I. Listen, just forgive me, Ryan, but for whatever reason, I just don't trust Carson Wentz in big games <laughs> no, yet, right? Absolutely not. I, he, he's going to give you some opportunities. And with the Raiders having some pretty good corners, uh, I, I don't see this game being a particularly easy one for the Colts. Carson Wentz is dominant at one thing and one thing only, sneaking it on fourth and inches. He's yeah, very, very yeah. good at that. Other than that, it's a while. It's like just you never know. You never know what's coming. Uh, but the total in this one, 45 and a half. So it sounds like you're under again, right? You, the Raiders yes. just are going to live with these low scoring kind of games, slug it out, try to win, try to win in the fourth quarter type deal. Yeah, absolutely. And I think Derek Carr is going to play a very similar game to what we saw against Denver, where probably not a lot of shots down the field, but 20, 25 completions all within 10 yards, basically using the short passing game as an extension of the run game. And, just keep that offense for the Colts off the field. We'll see if it works and it results in a win, but I, I don't see a lot of points being scored in this one. All right, we'll have to see if the Raiders could hang in there. Marcus likes them. I can't imagine a lot of people are picking the Raiders in this one, Marcus, so I like it. You're going out on the Vegas island. I love it. It's just, hey, that's a lot of points. Seven, Carson Wentz should not be a seven-and-a-half <laughs> point favor against anybody. Let's just look at it that way. Agreed. 100% agreed. Okay, so anything anything going on for you and the fam on New Year's Eve, or are you just at home doing that thing? I think I'm going to be at home. I don't think I'm doing anything. Uh, well, I mean, we got college football playoffs to that's watch, true. right? That's, that's true, yeah. That's that's the best way to celebrate New Year's Eve, just sit back, watch some football, uh, and then get ready for New Year's Day, which is even more football, so I can't wait. A little a little depressing for my wife, who's a, a big Buckeyes fan. Uh, her yeah. whole, fam- her whole yeah. family is from the, like, the Cincinnati area, though, so we have the Bearcats. 
So we'll see if they can pull off the upset of the century, Marcus. You know, we'll see. Wouldn't that be a lot of fun? That'd be, that'd be quite the way to end the year. That would be big. So everybody, happy new year. We appreciate you all. Thanks for listening. We will catch you next week after Raiders Colts. This USA Today Sports Podcast has been presented by USA Today's Sports Media Group and is available in your favorite podcast store. Make sure to subscribe for weekly updates, the latest fantasy picks from Corey Bonini, and the Huddle Podcast, Inside the Weekly Line, with Sportsbook Wire's Jeff Clark and Eston McLaren, and the Bet Slippin' Podcast. We'll see you again next week. Just going to run this dog to see if we can find any type of uh, human remains that are left. Listen to Where Secrets Go to Die, The Disappearance of Derek Hennigan. From the Detroit Free Press, a new podcast set in the woods of Michigan's Upper Peninsula. Available on Apple, Spotify, Freep.com, or wherever you get your podcasts.